is your host Sara and we're in another episode of Different Shades of Queer. Today I have a really, really exciting guest, my friend Bia. Hi Bia! Hi! How are you today? I'm good, nervous. How are you? Also nervous. Today's topic is a little bit deeper and we're really gonna kind of expose ourselves here. <laughs> To all of you but this is also a reminder that we are a safe space and I think these conversations are important yeah so the topic for today is on families lack of acceptance so what we're gonna really touch upon is the relationship between queerness and family and <laughs> acceptance <laughs> Okay, so as always, I start the podcast with a little shout out of some queer media or an artist or a book or an organization. So yeah. do you have anything that you would like to shout out? Yeah, I have two things actually. First, a book because I'm a book lover just like you. Yes, <laughs> we love it. Um, I didn't read yet, but I'm very excited to read a book by Amina May Safi called... Tell me how you really feel. And it's a queer hate to love story. And I'm so excited to read it. And the second is a theater project um, that happens during the fall at Stew. It's focused toward queer people, uh, created by my friend Alex Ryu. And it's very exciting. I'm very excited to be a part of uh, during this year. And yeah, I just check it out. It's called Plainside Theatre Festival. Uh, the information about this year's uh, festival will be out probably around the end of the summer. So I'm very excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love, well, first of all, I love queer books. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Uh, and also these like festivals of plays specifically targeting queer issues. Yeah, queer. it's just created by queer people mm -hmm. and everyone involved is queer, so it's it's very fun. We love to see it. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I am going back to books. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> As usual. And today I'm going to recommend a middle grade, a queer middle grade called Pet, written by Akweki and Messi. And it's a really powerful story with a trans main character. And we follow a world where monsters are not real anymore. That's so fun. But it really brings a critic of how not addressing a problem and how erasing history is more dangerous than actually addressing it. So I recommend it to all of you out there to check it out. Okay, so we're gonna start this episode with introducing ourselves and our family dynamic with our queerness. Um, so many of you know with my first episode in this podcast that I came out to my mom when I was 17 years old and didn't go exactly well. I am... Um, out and at the same time I am not out to my family. I think if anyone can find me on social media or anything like that I'm very open about my sexuality and my gender and all of that but it's not something that 
I bring out in conversation as often with my family. Uh, with my mom, we have had some really hard discussions of it, but it's not something really accepted by my family and by the religion they believe in. But I do have one cousin in my family who has supported me uh, through all of this and also an aunt. And yeah, that's, it's a little bit complicated. It's not perfect. What about oh. you? Uh, I'm not out for my family, which that might change by the time that this podcast is released. The reason that I'm not out for my family is because of my grandparents. Okay. Mostly. Um, my grandparents are extremely religious and also very, very homophobic. Um, I grew up with, like, literally seeing my grandparents being homophobic towards other gay people, and it wasn't fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And, like, I always knew that I was queer, but it, I always had the internalized homophobia. And uh, in Brazil... We, where I'm from, by the way, we don't really, like, when I was younger, we didn't really talk about it. And when I came to Canada, it was like, I never really had to come out. I just was. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I never came out to my family because I was so scared of the way they would react. And my mom um, is a very judgmental person. She, I love her dearly, but she, she finds ways of, um, complaining about my personality a lot mm -hmm. so I'm very scared of the way she would react to what I would say like whenever I call her she asks is there anyone in your life like are you mm -hmm. with someone and she always makes sure to ask it's a boy right and I feel like she knows oh yeah <laughs> I'm uh -huh. like I feel like she knows inside mm -hmm she just refuses to admit it for herself. Yeah, that's that's a common <laughs> quality from mothers, it seems. <laughs> because my mom does the same. Um, especially when... I mean, I'm talking that I did come out to her with words. Mm -hmm. I, I told her. But I feel like she put it in like a denial box. Yeah. So... Every time that we had conversations of who was I dating here, or I did have a relationship at some point, a queer relationship, may I add, but I never presented my mom officially to this person. And whenever we're talking about future people, it's like, yeah, you will find a nice guy out there. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's not, but it seems forced kind of like it will never be a woman or someone non-binary yeah you know what I mean? um she always my mom always asks me about if I had any crushes recently mm -hmm. and I did like this year was like such a big year like love wise not that I was in a relationship but like the biggest <laughs> crush of my life but I didn't get to tell her because he wasn't a man and I just like if she was a supportive person I would love to have told her, but I didn't. Right. Because he was a woman. That's, that's something we'll be touching upon farther into the episode, but that definitely shows us how there's a barrier in yeah. our relationship with our mothers because, <laughs> like, these are parts of our lives. <laughs> but yeah. we purposely don't talk about it because of the fear of rejection. Yeah. 
the fear of how they're gonna react. Also, first, I want to say thank you so much for opening about your situation with your family as well. Oh yeah, of course. Um, it's not easy, <laughs> especially thinking that people could hear us. But I think it's important to talk about these things. I just find that if we feel like that, other people feel like that mm -hmm. as well. 100%. And this is a safe space. And we talked about this before. Yeah. And in Canada specifically, I always felt very safe about this subject. I never had to hide who I was or I never had a fear of rejection mm -hmm. because I'm queer. Like, everyone is very... That's who you are. There's no reason for you to hide that part of you. So it's, and I feel that with other people, like when you, it's just, it's so, such a big community and there's ways to go, mm -hmm. but it's so like, I don't even know what to say here, but you can see that the person just express themselves differently. A hundred percent. The part that you said, like, you didn't feel the need to like come out here yeah. in Canada. It was just like. A part of yourself. Yeah. And there are some people in Brazil who know that I'm queer. I have a friend um, who used to joke around, like, saying that the world was by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love her very dearly. And she's one of my, like, a few of my friends who know. But I have, like, such a big group of friends in Brazil who are so, like, straight and homophobic. Mm -hmm that I'm scared of their reaction to see how they would uh, see me if I, when I can come out to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I could relate to that as well. Uh, I just, okay, I guess for me, I don't have contact with those people anymore as like they're not part of my life regularly. I have them in all of my social media. So I know they know <laughs> that I know that they know. <laughs> that I'm queer and I feel like sometimes I see them not liking some posts that like directly address my sexuality or a lot of them are very religious and they post things about that so yeah that's that's another point to talk about it's not only family it's also friends yeah um, in our circles so Let's talk about why people, why us, why are we seeking validation from our families and why do we feel like we have to come out? Uh, I guess our family is such a big part of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, like, especially in Latin countries, I feel that when I came here, It was a big shock, like a culture shock, that everyone moved out of their parents' house to go to university. In Brazil, you only move out of the like norm, not the norm, but like the usual thing to mm -hmm. do, is that you only move out of your parents' house when you marry. Right. And it's a very big family country, and I feel that's also in all the Latin yeah, countries. Yeah, 100%. Um, so it's a... I grew up with my grandmothers, mm -hmm. and I grew up with my mother. And although I do fight with my mom, my mom a lot, she is the most important person in my life. Right. 
she is I don't have a contact with my father and those three women raised me and they are my family mm-hmm. and their validation is what like is the reason I do all the things like when I have a victory here when I get a new job all everything I need to tell them even with all the fighting yeah. um I always complain about my mom and I call her every single day wow like we talk every single day and we fight all the time but she's still such a big figure in my life yeah and she has such a big impact in all that I do and I feel like even though I never came out to her having her being disappointed to me with me it would be devastating and I'm crying right now (laughs) I'm just so scared of her reaction um and she has so many gay friends but she I as I said she I know she knows that I'm not straight but just because she always dreamed of me in a church and having a big family and now that I'm not straight and like doesn't allow me to have um like a wedding and have kids because I do want that but it's not what she wanted for me right and just yeah I just I still seek her validation mm-hmm. and that like the fear of disappointing her is so real yeah. I mean that that's so valid because they are kind of like your support systems yeah. your whole life so it's natural that you want to have their support. You want to have their approval. Validation approval. Exactly. It's it's not like we are trying to make a show or like seeking attention purposely. It's just, it's like you telling your mom like, hey, I got into university. It's like a part of your life yeah. that is pretty big. Like, honestly, um, I'm so sorry that we have to go through the fear of not knowing how people would react because it would be amazing to know 100% that we're going to get a positive reaction, that we're going to get a, I love you no matter what, uh, I'm here for you, like you can tell me anything. And why do we even have to go through that? Exactly. Just why do we even have to come out? Mm-hmm. That's something that always bothered me, like... Why is coming out a thing? Mm -hmm. Why is society, like, forcing you to tell that being queer is not the norm? Who said that being straight is the norm? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I I agree 100% on that. I think, like, the reason why I I really had to come out is because, again, I I did grow up in an environment where it was very homophobic and transphobic. And when I start realizing, first, that's wrong. <laughs> Second, I am one of those people. <laughs> one of those people. It, it almost feels like you're living like a double life. I don't know if this makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, because imagine you're in the living room with all of your family, your uncles, whatever. And then one of them cracks a homophobic joke. And you inside know that you are one of those people the joke is directed at but they don't know that you are the joke is just affecting you as well exactly and and so 
and sometimes I would speak out, I would be like, hey, that's offensive. And I would get really mad and they would be like, hey, it's just a joke, like, why are you so offended? And it's like, because I am, (laughs) but I cannot tell you. So when you grow up in an environment that oppresses that part of you, it feels like you're lying to yourself, not saying that you are queer or trans or anything. And I feel like I suppress that part of me for so long. Mm-hmm. I I refused for a very long time to say that I was queer. Uh, and I knew it. I always knew that I was queer. But I always said that I wasn't. Like, throughout middle school and throughout, like, until my last year of high school, I would say that I was straight to anyone that asked. Because I was afraid of rejection. And I was afraid of, in like, people's words. Yeah. And I decided in my last year of high school, I joined my theater group and they were a breath of fresh air. Everyone was so acceptant and I was like, okay, this is where I should be. Mm-hmm. Every There's other people like me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and in my last year of high school, it was when other people started to come out as well. And it was just like, I, like, here, I don't have to hide, or, and even though I'm not coming out to my family, I can come out to these people, right? Or I didn't even have to, because they already knew that I was. That, that's amazing, and, and that talks on what people call queer found families, and many people have to create their own family for scratch, and those people are friends. Are friends that become family that accept us no matter what. Yeah. It's both sad and beautiful at the same time because it's like, why do we need that? But also it's a gift that we have that chance of creating our own families. And also like something is it keeps playing in my head is the fact that you said like your mom has a lot of gay friends. <laughs> but still kind of like that sentiment of, oh, I'm okay of, like, an outsider or, like, someone that I don't really, really know. She knows them. She just doesn't want my daughter to be one of them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, so I had a conversation with my mom (laughs) about this internship uh, because I hadn't told her. And, And it kind of was, like, forced out of me of, like, oh, you're working with this organization and, like, what what is their main objective and everything. And I was like, well, I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I don't want to have this conversation. You're not going to like it. And she was like, like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, like, this organization, like, they work with queer and trans rights. And surprisingly, she was like, oh, okay, okay. Well, I do believe everyone needs human rights. And I do believe that's needed. But then, <laughs> but then... I was like, wow, that's it's awesome. It's going really well, right? But then she was like, I just, I need to let people know that kind of like they're going to hell. Like... Did you say that? Well, no, but like kind of like they're going in the ra- wrong direction. Like, because for her, queerness is a sin. She's very religious. Yes. So I was like, oh, we were so... We <laughs> so were going close. so close, so right. And then it went completely not the direction I wanted it 
Um, I had a conversation with my mom a while ago, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we were talking about bisexuality. Okay. Um, and it wasn't about I did I wasn't talking about me. I was I don't even know who I was talking about, but I mentioned that someone was bisexual, mm-hmm. and my mom said that, and she said with these exact words bisexuality does not exist and I said okay um where did you take that from and she said from all from all the books I've read and I was like you're reading a lot of books about this subject huh wow (laughs) and she was like I read them in psych in my psych classes at university I'm like you took business in school wow but the discussion that we had was that she said that bisexuality was a way for gay people to hide. So she believes that gay people exist. No, she, yeah. But that bisexuality doesn't. Okay. That the bisexual people who claim that they're bisexual are just gay people who are afraid to come out. So they say that they're bisexual to to have an easier way around because okay. being bisexual it's easier than being completely gay and i'm like what is the difference oh my gosh it's all in the same umbrella mom yeah uh, also the fact that this was teached in psychology courses is like blowing my mind <laughs> but i do remember when i was like 15, 17, going through my mom's library in her house. And there was this kind of like, um, I don't know if it was like mental health disorders or like some medical type of thing. And then there was one section for like homosexuality and how it was like a mental disorder. And like now, nowadays, that's like completely, well, at least here, I guess. But that that's not right. Like that's... Nobody will publish something like that. I hope. (laughs) I hope. I hope. But to know that, like, a few years ago, and, like, in the academic environment that my mom grew up, that was a thing that they, like, studied on books. And it's... uh, How do you say that? Like, a doctrine? Like, a a belief they have. Okay. So, talking about coming out, and let's say we don't get acceptance from our families... What is the impact that that has on us? Um, I just feel like that really distanced me from my family. Yeah. Um, and although I really want to tell them about my life, I end up hiding a lot of me and hiding who I really am from them. Mm-hmm. There is a side of Pia who is the Brazilian side of Pia and the family side of Pia. And the work side of Bia, who shares things with them. But there is this whole other side of me who I love and who I, is so open that is not at all, they, they, that they don't know that exists. Right. And that is, I find it beautiful. And that is all my friends know yeah. here. And that none of, none of my family know, knows that exists because they wouldn't like it. Um... So, yeah, I just feel that it distanced myself from them, and it's a little sad. 
a hundred percent sad. Like it, it does affect your mental health. You yeah. wanted it or not. Like it's a rejection, and it, it's not a rejection of like oh someone I used to date or like someone passerby. Like these are people that raised you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like how about you? Their relationships for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, mental health, hundred percent. And I also want to say like. This is like life or death for many people out there. Yeah. We are somehow even coming from privilege, having these conversations of rejection through words or distance. But there are many people out there in some countries where families disown them. Yeah. Families kill them because of their sexuality. So it's important to also realize that this is a heavy subject matter in different places. There is for some people that that ends up becoming conversion therapy. Um, so it's it's important. In in my case, I I know someone who actually was disowned by their family back home. He came out and his father said that he could never step in his house again. And his best friend's parents took him in and he lived, like, he still lives with his best friend's parents. Because, and he never saw his father again. Um, that was, like, throughout my entire high school. Wow. And when I remember, like, seeing that happen with a friend of mine and just being completely shocked that that was happening. Like, how would you do that to your kid? But that's normal. That's not normal, but that's common currency in in our world yeah yes a hundred percent like here i'm gonna say canada i'm gonna just go and put us all in a same yeah place but here that's really frowned upon people will be like oh my god how can a family do that like that's just unhuman yeah but back there people get support for those decisions they do People get sympathy, like, oh my God, I cannot believe, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that your yeah. son or whoever turned out that way. Um, so I think if you're listening out here and you're like out, outraged of like, how is that even possible? It's also a perspective where different cultures have like these different values that are not right, <laughs> in my opinion. I've heard people back home saying that their son was gay and that was because they didn't raise him right oh yeah oh and i was like i remember listening to that and i i was just like what are you talking about just what yeah just my country is a very very homophobic country Mm -hmm. and my government does not help and is not a very safe place for queer people to be in yeah queer and trans people yeah so kind of turning from this really dark and sad place let's discuss a little bit of how to deal how to heal from the lack of acceptance or rejection or even fear of it i feel like you learn how to move on Mm-hmm. Um, you found your your families, and I we were lucky enough 
we are lucky enough to live in a country that we can express ourselves in the way that we are. And I I have no fear of just saying that I'm queer here. Um, and yes, I will have to come out to my family eventually. Um, and I feel like this podcast was definitely a step towards it. Like, I can't do this and not tell my family. Um, so it's just, you move, I, for me, I move on with my life and I live here being very open about who I am. And then when I turn to my family, I treat them and hide that part of me. But when I come out to them, um, in like, no matter what's their um, reaction, I'm not gonna, like, I know that I'm so proud of this. And there's so many people who love me. Yes. Who accept me for who I am. And I'm so, like, I don't want to go back to who I was. So, yeah. I'm just, like, I'm not going to hide again, right? Mm-hmm. How about you? That's that's a very brave and also just, like, prideful. Yeah. I feel like you are you have pride on who you are. And you should. I just, I wasn't proud of, proud of who I am back home. Mm-hmm. Because I used to hide a lot of, the, like, my personality. And now I am proud. That's so, yeah. You found it. So, yeah. keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Intend to. <laughs> yeah. Um, healing and dealing with it. Um, first of all, I want to make sure whoever is listening, if you haven't come out, you're planning to. Be sure you are safe. Your safety is always priority. Yeah. And be being sure that who you are is okay. Like, you don't need to believe it 100% because I still, until this day, struggle with internalized homophobia. And some days I'm like, what am I even doing? <laughs> like, why, why do I feel this way? But just like mantras, almost like, I'm valid. I'm valid. Like, this part of who I am deserves to exist. And this part of who you are makes you. And it's yeah. such a big part. Mm-hmm. So if you're proud or brave enough to live your life like this and you want to live as a whole, go for it. But make sure that you are in a safe environment and you have people who support you and we support you. Yeah, we, we do. <laughs> um boundaries too i'm gonna say let's say you come out to your family but it's not like a caught you situation like they perhaps don't take it the best way that you want it maybe a way to deal with it is whenever the conversation turns into a place that your feeling is hurting you you can be like hey i'm sorry this is hurting me let's talk another day cut the call or changing the topic i know it's exhausting but do what you think is going to help you the most. Um, and it's going to be good for your mental health. Yeah. Prioritize your mental health and you always. Mm-hmm. Find support systems. Find that queer community, queer and trans community. Uh, it could be online. A lot of people online that are there, it's because perhaps in their physical proximity is not possible. And that's completely valid. Find friends that accept you as who you are. Oh my For God. who you are. For who you are. Um, Me and Sara. <laughs> <laughs> and take time to heal. It's, it's a process. It may be never ending. 
honestly. But but just put that love that your family couldn't give you, provide it yourself. And put that love to help others. Yes. Just we have so much love to give as well that heal yourself and help others to heal themselves as well. It's so important and we are a community and we can help others to heal as well. Yeah, 100%. Also time. I know there's a lot of, of they should just like love you who you are, whatever, right away. And I hope that that's the way. But also as someone who was homophobic at some point in their lives, my process of unlearning and learning myself be who I am was a long one, <laughs> was a process of dealing with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt for my own actions. So maybe the first response that you're not gonna get is not ideal, but maybe with time, you're gonna see a progress. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are in a safe place right now, that you could relate to us, but also, that your family supports you wholeheartedly. We love you. <laughs> We really do. Even though you may be a stranger. <laughs> But as a fellow queer, you are valid. That's my main, me main message for everyone. And take care out there. Yes. Yeah. Take care out. Anyway, thank you so much, Bia, for being in this episode of the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope you can tune in for the next episode of Different Shades of Queer. We really, I'm grateful for your support. And yes, bye.